The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Okay, let's um, take our Bibles tonight and turn to Joshua, Joshua chapter 24, Joshua chapter 24. We're going to look at a familiar passage of Scripture. Joshua 24, we'll begin in verse number 15. Before we read, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for another wonderful opportunity we can have to uh, worship as the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord, that my family and I could be here. Thank you for our extended family here in Rona Park, California. I thank you so much for their testimony and their Christian their genuine Christian charity and love and hospitality, their encouragement, their prayers and support. And Father, I pray that you would please illuminate our, our understanding of your word. Help us to rightly divide the word of truth. Help us to truly uh, study to show ourselves approving the God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And Father, I pray that we would respond to your truth tonight. Please help us. Lord, I'm, I'm burned for China. I'm also burned for America. As, I, as this country seems to be getting darker and darker. And Lord, the need for even missionaries here in America to plant biblical churches. Father, you know the need, and I know you've commanded us. The harvest is, is great, the labors are few. And you command us to pray either for the Lord of the harvest that you send for more laborers in the harvest. And Father, that's our prayer tonight. Lord, please, I pray that you would guide my, my thoughts and all that I say tonight. That it may glorify and please you. And that it would edify and build up your people. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Um, if you could... Uh, Please stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. We'll look at Joshua chapter 24. <clears throat> now, let's look at verse 15 first. Uh, verse 14 first. It says there, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose ye this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, and which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed and the Lord drave out from before us all the people even the Amorites which dwelt in the land therefore will we also serve the Lord for he is our God and Joshua said unto the people ye cannot serve the Lord for he is an holy God he is a jealous God he will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins if you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that he had done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves, that ye have chosen you the Lord to serve him, 
And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the, uh, among the people, and Judah went to, with Simeon, his brother, and they slew the Canaanites that inhabited uh, Zaphath. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, did I skip? You know, I am so, I am so sorry. I thought, hey, what happened here? Okay, I apologize. I don't know. I was in Judges. I, I, my pages here. Okay. I'm sorry about that. I thought, I got so excited just reading. Um, I apologize. Um, chapter 24. I apologize here. Chapter 24. Uh, look at verse number 31. Boy, this, these pages are stuck together. Um, verse 31 there. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. Now tonight, I'm, we're going to look at this thought about serving the Lord. Um, I know it's a great statement that Joshua made. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How many of us have that in our home? Isn't that a great statement? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But I want to look at that a little bit more carefully tonight. Um, you can be seated. Thank you. As I look at the, the word serve, is there, is there anything wrong with serving the Lord? Because it's interesting that Joshua himself says, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose ye this day whom you will serve. And from verse 15 all the way down to verse 23, he was not convinced that they were being very honest. Um, he said it many times, So you can't serve the Lord. You won't serve the Lord. You're going to go back into idolatry. You're, you're lying to me. And even when you get to, all the way down to verse uh, number, I believe here it's verse number 24, uh, 20, it says, If ye forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves that ye have chosen you the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Verse 23, Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you. So he still says, Hey, I know that you still have strange gods. So you, there's a duplicity. You're saying one thing, you serve God, but you still have idols in your life. Is there anything wrong with serving God? There isn't. But here's something that really just breaks my heart. Because as you get to verse 31, it says here, And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. That's wonderful. I mean, they, they made a commitment. They fulfilled the commitment. And all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua. But as you get to ver- the end of verse 31, And which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. Now, if you could please, here's a, um, another passage of Scripture, uh, ver- Judges chapter 2, Judges 2 verse number 7, a related passage of Scripture, Judges chapter 2 verse number 7. Judges chapter 2 verse number 7, it says here, And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of the inheritance of... Someone help me pronounce this one here. Uh, Tenethiris, and in the Mount of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Geash. And 
Also, all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor the, the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods. Of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. So what exactly happened here? What, uh, some, here's a question that I wrote on the margin of my Bible. A couple of questions. Here's one question that it's, it's worth considering. Number one, what happened to Joshua's children? Because he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Is that what, what our Bible says? As for me and my house. So uh, the Bible doesn't clearly state how old were Joshua's children. The Bible doesn't say that. And the other question I had was, what happened to Caleb and his children? What happened to them? Because they served the Lord uh, all the days of Joshua and even all the elders that outlived Joshua. But they, they came another generation that knew not the Lord nor his works. And they fell back into idolatry. So I have to ask myself, and we should ask ourselves this question, what happened? Where did they fail? You know, I remember talking to an evangelist friend who's, who's in glory and he's in heaven. And I remember he taught me something I will never forget. And it's a wonderful quote. It, it's not... A Bible verse, but it's, it's very scriptural. He says, A Christian should always be talking about... No, he said it this way. A Christian should always be talking to God or talking about God. I thought that was really pro, uh, profound. A Christian should always be talking to God, prayer without ceasing, or talking about God. And we shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Amen? So, so we should always be talking to God and talking about God. And I remember uh, we were having dinner together before prayer service on Wednesday night. And he was talking to me about the changes he saw in America. At that time, he was in his late 60s. And he grew up in the day where America, on Sundays, everything was closed. I mean, everything was closed. The Lord's Day was the Lord's Day. I mean, you, the only thing you could, you know, you would, the church uh, doors were open. And people uh, went to church. And if the church was across a shopping center, there was a lot of parking spaces there. And he told me this. He says that uh, one time when he was preaching uh, in a meeting, and he tried to give a gospel track and talk to one of the waitresses there and says, you know, why don't you come to church? And this was her answer. She says, well, um, I have to work on Sundays because I need to serve people like you who are eating at my restaurant on Sundays. And she's, he's like, oh, he put his head down. But I think, what, what happened to our country? It seemed like a generation or two later, they, they, they didn't even know God. And don't get me wrong, I, I want my children to serve the Lord. I don't want them to serve mammon. Uh, you cannot serve God in mammon. And, you know, I wanted to serve the Lord. But here's, you know, I don't know how they served in the Old Testament days. But let me just, it, maybe it's more of a topical message, but, you know, I want to back everything I say with Scripture. But as I, as I look into the 21st century, I think there's a lot of activity in our churches today. A lot, I mean, a lot of activity of serving the Lord. When I went to Bible college, every week we had to p- fill out a Christian service report. And that Christian service report, they would ask you, how many doors did you knock on? Um, how many tracts did you give out? How many visits did you make? Uh, were you, what ministry are you part of? Were you in the bus ministry? Were you in choir? Were you in a Sunday school class? Were you in nursery? It had everything to do with service. And nothing, again, nothing wrong with service. But I began to realize that in Scripture, Jesus, this is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. He says, follow me and I will make you to become what? Fishers of men. 
And you know what's interesting about that statement? Who was he talking to? He was talking to a bunch of fishermen. They were professionals in their job. I mean, they, they knew how to catch fish. But Jesus says, how can you be a better fisher of men? Is it just to enroll in some soul winning program? Is it coming out every Tuesday or every Saturday? I mean, you know, every, I, there were so many, and you know, I remember visiting, before I went to Bible college, I, I visited the, 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 the school there. I'm not going to mention, some of you know where I went to. Okay, I, I'm not here to, um, you know, preach against a particular ministry at all. That's not my, my, my intended purposes. But this, this word serve, okay. I remember going there, and they, they had a Christian school there. And at that time, I was very immature. I thought, man, serve the Lord, serve the Lord, pound on doors, give out tracts, just, you know, get out the gospel. And this, this Christian school, they had their, their, all their students in the Christian school, from middle school on up, that every Wednesday before prayer service, they would have to get on a bus, and they would have to go door knocking. I mean, that was required. You're in a Christian school, you need to be in, involved in Christian service, Christian activity. And I remember I went there, I thought, this is exciting. Boy, the Christian school is going out so many. Well, this is a very spiritual church. And I noticed that a lot of the children there, they were just doing it because it was required. Because they were, they were enrolled in the Christian school. And they would go out, they, would, they wouldn't even ring the doorbell, they wouldn't knock on the door, just here's a church invitation, and they, they left. And I thought, boy, what is, what is going on here? And I began to realize later that perhaps some of these children in middle school, maybe they weren't even Christians. Is that possible? And I began to think about, maybe, as I look back at that, I thought, maybe that even some of the high school students, maybe they weren't even Christians. But they were forced to be involved in, in Christian activity. Uh, are you understanding what I'm trying to say? And to me, as I look back, it, be, it just, it bothers me. Because you're, you're confusing people to say, you know, I must be Christian because my parents, they bring me to church, I'm involved in Christian activity, I go to a Christian school. But I'm serving. I mean, I'm involved here. But they have no idea what it is to, to follow Jesus. And it carries on for a lot of people that went to Bible college. If any time I see them, everything is always about service. I, a lot of times I would talk to them, and I would ask them, or they would ask me how I'm doing, or I would ask them how they're doing, and almost immediately they want to talk about ministry. And I say, well, hold on, hold on, brother. I didn't ask about how's the ministry. I asked, how are you doing? <laughs> how are you doing? But it's almost like it's a competition, or we have to prove something. This is how I'm serving. I'm involved in this ministry, this ministry, this ministry, X, Y, Z. And... You know, as I look, I don't know how they serve in the Old Testament days. I'm not going to be look into all that tonight. But I want to relate to 21st century Christianity where it seemed like the more that you're involved in service, they think the more spiritual you are. And if we're not careful, if we look at John 15, look at John 15 for a moment. John 15. John 15. Because what was very interesting when I, during my Bible college days was they never really asked me if I woke up every morning to have personal devotions. They didn't ask me if I was reading my Bible. They didn't ask me if I was memorizing scripture. They asked me how many tracks I gave out, how many doors I knocked on, did I visit my bus route. It was all about serving. And that's no different than maybe the Jehovah's Witnesses. They, they go out, don't they? They're involved in some type of service activity, but do they know God? John 15. John chapter 15 here. 
In John 15, verse number 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As this branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. So without the Lord Jesus Christ, we can do absolutely nothing of eternal value. People can make money, but there's no eternal value in making money. And if Bill Gates and whoever the CEO of, of Apple, um, you know, if they don't know the Lord, it's, there's no eternal value. They can do nothing. Verse 6, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Here it is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. And as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Again, this idea, he laid down his life for us. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants. This idea of, as for me and my house, will serve the Lord. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you what? Friends. For all things which I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Now, there are so many people that misinterpret this passage of Scripture. Or they think, boy, if you're not bearing fruit, and to them their aspect of fruit is you're not seeing people led to Jesus Christ. You're not seeing uh, people saved. Then you're not right with God. And you know what's interesting about this is that everyone is looking at fruit. And they're, again, their whole aspect of fruit is you're seeing people saved. You're seeing people saved. People making decisions. But you know what people have completely, absolutely overlooked and neglected? I mentioned earlier, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you to be a fishers of men. Not some soul winning program, amen? And the, and the Bible here says this, and nothing wrong with soul winning program in and of itself. But if you think that you're going to be a great soul winner because you're involved in the soul winning program, but you're not following Jesus Christ. You're not abiding. And this is what it says here. It says, abide in Christ. What does abide mean? Does anyone even know today? And, you know, when, when I went through Bible college and all this I, I, about Christian service and serving and serving, but there were so many people that, boy, they never even woke up and read their Bibles. But they were faithful to the bus route. They were knocking on doors. They were filling out their Christian service reports. But they were not abiding. Now, the word abiding is to dwell, to live, to, rem- to remain, to stay connected to. Sometimes we think of the word keep in touch. And I think, you know, how do we pray without ceasing? I heard a preacher say this, and I thought it was a good example, especially these days since we have mobile phones. He said, sometimes we think of prayer as we begin our prayer closet, we pray an hour or two hours, and that's wonderful. But then we just, we shut off the cell phone and say, goodbye, God, we don't talk to him the rest of the day. He said, praying without ceasing is you, you just keep your cell phone, and you're, you're just, you're, you're ready. You're, all, you're always in the spirit of talking, communing with God. Not to say, hey, Lord, I spent with, you know, an hour with you in my prayer closet. You know, I don't have time for you anymore. Sorry, click. But, you know, I wasn't taught that. Everything was almost performance-based. Let's serve, let's serve, let's serve. I know a friend, and it breaks my heart. My, my wife saw uh, this family a couple of years ago, and they have, they have six kids. 
uh, five sons, five boys, and, and one, one little girl. And this brother was so involved in bus ministry and serving, I think he got so attached to those bus kids that he, he never spent time with his own children. And last, sometime earlier, part of last year, maybe late two years ago of 2013, uh, he, his wife divorced him. And, and it, just, it just broke my heart. I mean, they're, they're just constantly serving. And we were there, and boy, it almost seemed like he had to prove himself. He kept telling me everything he was involved in. And we were there for two hours, and he spoke 95% of the time for two hours. But I remember that he, he did not have family devotions. He said, why should I have family devotions? My, my children are involved in, in, in this Bible club on Wednesdays, this club on Sundays. Uh, they're in the bus ministry. Uh, they're in a Christian school. They have chapel services. And he completely never spent time with his own kids. Now, let's go to Deuteronomy. Is it, are we okay tonight? Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. I'm going to be helped tonight. Because I don't want the next, to lose the next generation. Amen? That's our own children. Maybe our great-grandchildren. Or our grandchildren, I should say. Uh, Deuteronomy 6. And I'll tell you, uh, and I'll, before I read this, you know, I remember how, how blinded I was. But I remember another missionary friend, he's in China, and he mentioned it to me. And I, never, I was just so into that, that environment that I didn't see the, 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 some of the problems with it, as I'm showing tonight. He said, he, this is what he told me. He said, did you know that the faculty of our Bible college, that they never took a day off? And, and I, I thought about it. I said, hmm. Even in the Old Testament days, although people say it was under the age of law, that God allowed them to take the Sabbath day off, right? Six days you shall work, but on the Sabbath day you shall rest. And I began thinking, I said, the faculty of our Bible college, you never took a day off. I said, is that right? Let's see. Hmm, let me think about that. Yeah, brother so-and-so taught classes from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's right. Saturday, they had to go out door knocking. And they had to visit prospects. We began thinking some more. And I thought, Sunday, they're teaching Sunday school. I thought, wow, I guess they didn't have a day off. They didn't have a day off. They were so involved in serving. Another sad story. Uh, one of the assistant pastors there, just about, um, I think it was a year ago, the last day on this earth, you know what happened to him? And, and he was about a year older than me. And this broke my heart because we saw him, the last time I saw him was in Beijing. He, um, the last day on this earth, he committed murder-suicide. Murder-suicide. And, and, and before, before murder-suicide, he, he, was, um, he left his family. And he had five kids. Maybe it's just a, a little bit of, of admonishment tonight. But, you know, ministries that just are so involved. Serve, serve, serve. Get involved. Otherwise, you're not spiritual. We need to be careful. Because here's, here's a thought um, that we, sometimes we think, I have no time to read my Bible because I'm too busy serving. They have this, this raw rationale that it's, it's either or. I either serve or I read my Bible. Rather than both and. Uh, are you following me? You know, uh, and I, I hear some comments when people say, well, you know, these people that write commentaries, you know, they, they have this commentary, that commentary, board. I'd rather just be out so many. And even that term, I'm thinking so many. It's, it's God who saves the soul, amen? Jesus, the Holy Spirit. I, don't, I haven't won anybody. And so when they sit there and say, well, boy, you know, yeah, so-and-so, yeah, there's all this commentary and this commentary, and boy, I don't have time to write a commentary. I don't have time to study my Bible. I need to go out so many. 
I'm like, oh, excuse me? Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6. Look at verse, verse number 3 there. It says, Hear ye therefore, O Israel, and, ser- and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these, all, and these which, which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when, thy, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine eye, and, thou, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posters of thy house and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and godly, goodly cities, which thou buildest not. And here, I'm just going to stop there for a moment here. Um, right here, what was God's command to the children of Israel? It wasn't just merely, let's serve the Lord, let's serve, let's serve, let's serve. But to teach them, the word of God to teach them to love the Lord to do things from a, from a willing heart amen to love the Lord and how do we love the Lord the more that we get into the, the word of God how can we not love him we realize how how good and how wonderful our God is amen and it's even saying here um, here verse 7 thou shalt teach them diligently not to say well here's a Christian school or here's the Bible club on Wednesdays or here's another club on, on Sunday mornings it says, no, you teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. Look at when they sit, verse number 7, and when, when we're walking, by the way, when, when we're lying down, and when we rise up. It, is, it doesn't stop, does it? And I remember, this, this is a thing that concerned me, was even people that go door knocking, they take a map, they, they knock on their doors, they say, I finished it, and then all the trash they have, you know what they do? Most of the time, they just they take the sack of trash, they put it back on the table, and they leave. As if to say, the rest of the week, you don't need to give out tracks. You don't need to be a fisher of men. And, you know, I thought, well, it's so strange. I mean, are we good just going out, door knocking on a Saturday morning just to please the pastor of that particular church? It's just, it, I, I didn't understand that. But, you know, it should never cease to say, hey, you know, every day I need to be diligently teaching God's law to our own children. Amen. So that they don't, they don't forget God. They don't forget His works. They don't forget His word. That, that, that they may know Him. And I'm just going to close with this. Um, go to Jude. We'll, we'll be finished here. Jude. I thought that really touched my heart. Jude. We're talking about abiding in His word, abiding in His love. Look at Jude. And this, this, this truth really liberated me. I was in bondage, but I, I did not know. Jude 20, uh, well, there's only one chapter. Uh, Jude, look at verse number 20 and 21. Jude 20 and 21. Jude 20 and 21, it says this, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God, 
looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now, if you look at verse 21, keeping yourselves in the love of God, how do we do this? See, from what I was um, taught when I went to Bible school, Bible college, is that it was really based on performance-based Christianity. If I wasn't out serving, then I wasn't right with God. And so under what they would teach is keeping yourselves in the love of God, boy, God's going to love you less if you're not out busy serving. But you know, have you forgotten that God's love to us is an unconditional love? Is that true? I mean, God didn't love us because we were lovable, because we would do something that was pleasing unto Him. So this verse here could not possibly mean, well, keep, well, how do I keep myself in the love of God? Does that mean, oof, boy, I better be faithful serving. Uh, otherwise, uh, God's going to love me less. That's not true. God couldn't love you any more than He already has loved you. Amen? And that's why when the Scripture says, um, for the love of Christ constraineth me. The love of Christ constraineth me. I heard someone comment on this passage of Scripture. Keeping yourselves in the love of God has everything to do with this. It's almost like he gave this example, and I loved it. He says, did you know that the that the um, the sun shines it's, it's, it never stops shining the sun and as it shines sometimes there may be cloudy days but does that mean the sun is not shining or does it mean maybe just there's some clouds that's just blocking the sun rays and what he said is this is keeping yourselves in the love of God is just you're, you're there it's the sunlight's always there and let it shine on you that, that, that's and, and just bask in that sunlight and just enjoy it. Doesn't Romans say, what can separate us from the love of God? It listens a whole lot of things in Romans 8, doesn't it? It says, there's nothing can separate you from, from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Is that true? So if, if, we, if we keep ourselves, it means constantly remind ourselves that God loves us unconditionally. It's not based upon how much you and I serve Him or do not serve Him. But because of this love, it motivates us to say, wow, He loves me. He does not love me any less. Isn't that, isn't that a blessing? Because I've been involved in, in, in places where, boy, I just, I, I, there are many times I felt like, wow, I'm just not spiritual. I'm not serving enough. I'm not out involved in some Christian activity. So, boy, God, God doesn't like me today. But boy, that is not true. Amen? That's not true. I mean, how much more can He love us? He gave His life for us to redeem us from sin. Amen? So He can't love us any less. And so I, you know, this is, if all, if all we get from tonight is, I don't want to guilt trip you into serving God. Because I serve God under so much guilt from different places I've been upon. So boy, if I don't, if I don't do this, boy, I had, I had the, the, the faculty and staff at a Bible college. I had the, this pastoral staff. Boy, you're not doing enough. And I was under so much guilt. You're not spiritual enough. You don't have a servant's heart. And I was fed this a lot of times. Maybe some of you were under some of this in the past. But, you know, I'm not motivated to serve God because of guilt. Amen? It's not because of guilt. You say, well, why do you serve God then? If you're not worried about going to hell. I don't serve God because I'm worried about going to hell. I serve God because He saved me from hell. My motivation is completely different. You see, all the other religions say, I need to serve and be involved in a lot of religious activity. Otherwise, I will not make it. I will not make it out of purgatory. I will not make it out of whatever this place is. Uh, do you follow me? So they have a different motivation, but I'm motivated because God loves me, even though I was, I was wicked. 
and unlovable. And that's why I want to serve Him. But it comes with, we need to abide, we need to follow Jesus. And, and I hope, boy, this is Berean Baptist Church, and I love that name. Because they searched, because those in Berean were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they searched the scriptures daily to see if they, those things were so. Never lose sight of the word of God. Abide in his love, abide in his word. His word will always encourage you to serve you, to serve the Lord with the right motive, not because it's out of a guilt trip. But it's because, boy, he loves me, he loves me, he loves me. And I can't help but, but want to love him back. Amen. I just want to love him back. And so I, I, it, it's my prayer. It really is, even for my own children, that yes, I want them to serve the Lord. But you know, boy, I want them to, to know his word. To spend time diligently. Whether they're sitting, whether they're standing, they're, they're walking, whether they're lying down, whether they're, they're, they're rising up from out of bed. To teach them, Amen. And not just to say with Joshua, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And something, something, something obviously happened. Because after Joshua and all the elders outlived him, Israel turned their back on God, didn't they? Is that right? And please, just a final reminder, it's not um, either or. It should be both and. A natural result of, of reading the Bible is not just writing a commentary. But we will also go out and serve God and serve others. Amen? And not have this idea, well, I have no time to write a commentary. I need to be out. So many. No, we need to abide and we need to follow Jesus and that he'll make us what he wants us to be. Amen? I, I hope it's clear. I really hope it was clear tonight. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, you know the burden of my heart. I know that your word doesn't give all the details as far as what happened, how Joshua, Caleb, and others there served you. And I know not everyone there was a priest or a prophet or a Levite. But did they say that they would serve you? And yet, Lord, I know there's nothing wrong with serving you. We ought to serve you. Rather than serving mammon or other false gods. But Lord, you've not just called us servants, you've, you want us, you've called us to be your friends. And there, God, I thank you that while we were yet enemies, you saved us. Thank you for your unconditional love toward us. And I would pray that it would be that love that would motivate us to walk with God, to always talk to God or talk about God Lord I pray for the generation above me I thank you that there are other uh, if you will senior saints that could glean so much wisdom and knowledge and all all that they've experienced and all that you've taught them I pray for my own generation and I pray for the next generation and even some who would say it's their, their, their children their grandchildren their great grandchildren Lord, it saddens me that all those who saw the walls of Jericho that fell, who saw all the many mighty miracles and all the wonderful things that Joshua was able to conquer much of Canaan. And what you promised, you fulfilled. You gave him a land flowing with milk and honey. But a generation or so later, they all turned their backs on God. 
And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to diligently teach our children to love the Lord God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. To trust that the Lord could work in us both to will and to do of, of thy good pleasure. And not to try to get people to do spiritual activity or things. To make ourselves look good at our parents or whatever our motivation is. Help us examine that. Or to try to guilt your people. To serve God. But Lord, please, I pray that you would help us to abide. Help us to follow Jesus. And allow you to make us a vessel unto honor. Prepare to meet unto every good work. And to be a fisher of men that you want to make us to be. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you first loved us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.